Take your Bible. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's another paradox in Scripture that I think can be a help to us. It's basically this. Weakness is strength. Weakness is strength. That's an irony. That's a paradox. That doesn't seem to make sense. Weakness is strength. But the Bible teaches just that here, starting in verse number 7. Paul is speaking about his thorn in the flesh in verse 7, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. In other words, he said, lest I would get a big head because God's using me to write a lot of scripture. He's using me to make a lot of these revelations to you. He's using me in some way in the ministry, lest I get a big head, God allowed a thorn in the flesh. And verse 8, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now the point of this text, the point of this passage is obviously that our strengths become mature or complete through weakness. The word perfect is the word that often in Scripture implies maturity or completion. Uh, talks about the Bible, when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part should be done away. In other words, what it's saying there is when the Bible is complete, when we have the whole canon of Scripture, then that's all we're going to need. Everything else is going to be done away, like, like uh, prophecies and things of that nature. We won't need those anymore because we have the perfect, complete canon of Scripture. So the word perfect often in Scripture refers to this idea of being mature or complete. So God is teaching us here that strength is made complete or it's made perfect, it's made mature through weakness. Let's say that you wanted to be able to bench press 200 pounds. You wanted to be able to do it. You wondered if you could do it. So you go to the weight room and you put 200 pounds on the bar and you try to press it, you try to bench press it, and you can't do it. But that's what you want to do. You think, I should be able to do this. I mean, some people can press a whole lot more than this, and, 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 and I should be able to do this. Well, how are you going to go about doing that? Well, you're going to maybe put 100 pounds on the bar, see if you can do that first. So you take 100 pounds off of that bar, you have 100 pounds, and now, yeah, you can do that with relative ease, maybe not a lot of them, but you, can, you got three out, you're, you're, you're good, you got three. Now, how are you going to get from doing three at 100 pounds to doing three at 200 pounds? Well, your strength is going to be made perfect or complete through weakness. What do you have to do? You have to tear your muscles down in order to build them back up, right? 
So in weightlifting, in order to increase strength, you've got to stretch those muscles to a point where they actually break, where they actually tear. Not completely, hopefully, but enough to where then the body during that rest period builds them back stronger. That's the whole purpose of lifting weights is you become stronger by tearing the muscle down, letting it build back stronger, then tearing it down again, building it back stronger, and eventually over time, you're going to be able to bench press 200 pounds. By being made weaker, you increased or made strength more mature. Do you want to reach maximum strength spiritually? Do you want to reach your potential as a Christian? Do you want to be all that God designed you to be in life? Do you want to be the husband one day that God designed you to be? Do you want to have the marriage that God intends for you to have biblically? Do you want to be able to raise children that honor and glorify Christ? Do you want to be able to lead some people to the Lord through your testimony, through your witness? Do you want to be able to preach a a good sermon and see people respond to that truth? Do you want to be able to take a classroom of students one day and and grow them not only in academics but in the Lord? Do you want to be able to be a coach one day and take a team and, and maybe win some championships but along the way build some character and some discipline and some teamwork? And uh, Do you want to be able to do those things that are on your mind as a, as a vision or a goal? Then you're going to have to be willing to be made weak. Because the only way you can become strong in anything is through weakness. I see in this text that we read three realizations of Paul as he understood this paradox of weakness is strength. First of all, we see a revealed deficiency. In verses 7 and 8, Paul is explaining this thorn in the flesh. And as I introduced the passage a moment ago, here's Paul. He's being used by God. He he has God's blessing upon his life. And yet he, he, he tells us that God in order to keep him from being puffed up, sent this this thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what it was. People surmise about it, uh, what it might have been. We don't know because the Scripture doesn't tell us. But whatever it was, Paul at first thought he could beat it. In other words, he thought, well, this is another thing in my path. This is another opposition. Paul certainly faced a bunch of those, didn't he? There were people trying to kill him all the time. There were people that would resist him. There were people that would uh, uh, bring demonics to him and and, and try to get those demons to to reject his ministry and so on. So Paul had faced enough adversity to know, well, here's another problem. Here's another little uh, besetment. Here's another little bump in the road, he might have said. And he thought, you know, uh, it's, it's a weakness in my flesh. It's something that I'm dealing with. And, and he thought, I'll get through it. But then he thinks, well, that's not working. Maybe, maybe God could remove it. You know, sometimes we meet resistance, we meet obstacles, we have problems in our life, and we just think, well, I, I just got to buck up. I just got to get stronger. I got I to gotta just, you know, man up and, 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 and get through this. But then if it's designed by God, sometimes it doesn't, we don't get through it. And, and it's a problem. And Paul is at the point here where this isn't going away. 
So now he asked God three times to remove it. And I don't think Paul just prayed three prayers. I think there were three seasons in his life where perhaps he fasted and prayed and besought God, is the word there, that God would remove it, that God would just miraculously take it away from being an obstacle. But God, instead of giving him the strength to go through it, as it was, instead of removing it completely, God teaches Paul this valuable lesson. He says, the weakness is for a reason. The weakness in your life, Paul, is a revealed deficiency to show you that you cannot do this on your own. You're going to need me. And I'm not going to remove it. I'm going to help you to become strong enough to go through it. You see, without me, you can do nothing. God doesn't want us to go through our problems on our own strength. He doesn't want all the problems to be removed so we can just go forward. God says, you need me in your life. You need me at your side. You need me to help carry that burden. And I'm teaching you through this deficiency, your need for me. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Look, you're not going to get through this term with a passing grade without God. You're not going to get through this semester of of obstacles and and abnormalities without God. By the way, you're doing great. You're doing awesome. But it takes God, doesn't it? I believe God's grace is on our campus right now. I believe God's grace is on your lives. Most young people your age, if we had told them what we've told you about classes outside and and, uh, the smoke and the heat and all that kind of stuff, they would have quit. They would have gone home. They would have stayed home but not you. You see, that's evidence of God's grace in your life, and you're learning that, you know, with God, all things are possible, but except the Lord build the house, we labor in vain that build it. So he's teaching him here this deficiency is is proving who God is in his life. Jonah was pretty good at fleeing. He was pretty good at running. He was pretty good at getting out of an opportunity or, or, or a requirement. But Jonah couldn't flee from the belly of a fish. He could run from Nineveh. He could run from a direction. He could run from the will of God. But you can't run inside the belly of a fish. And God had to put Jonah in the belly of the fish to show him that deficiency. Because Jonah's, you know, he's on his own. I'm going to do my thing. I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarsus. I got the money. I'll pay the fare. I'll get on the boat. I've been on a boat before. I can do this. And God says, okay, 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 okay. Now let me put you in a fish and teach you you can't run in a fish. David couldn't sing his way out of a crime. David was king. He could... Order Bathsheba to come to his house. He could order all men out from before him. He could order Joab to put Uriah at the forefront of the battle and retire from him. He could could fix the narrative of what was going to be said about him marrying Bathsheba. You see, David could fix a lot of things because David was the sweet psalmist of Israel and everybody trusted him, but he couldn't sing his way out of these crimes. The thief 
couldn't rob his way off of a cross. That thief had gotten through life by stealing. That's how he made his living. That's how he had existed. But once he was nailed to that cross, he realized, Lord, remember me. You see, it was the deficiency that God used in these lives to show them their need. The rich man could not buy his way out of hell in Luke 16. In life, if he was uncomfortable, he just bought comfort. If he had a lack of something, he just bought something he needed. The rich man could buy his way through life, but God put him in a place called hell where he realized that he missed the very thing that he needed in life, and that was God himself. So in our deficiency, God is showing us our need for him. It may be that Greek class right now. God is showing you your need for him. The other classes, you're fine. But he's going to use that class to show you you need him. It might be in that relationship that you desire so badly, but it's just not happening. God is going to use that deficiency in your life to show him your need for him. It may be that job you've been interviewing, you've been putting in applications, and the job just hasn't come, and now we're facing a third payment, and you're thinking, I, I don't know, Dr. R is probably going to call me in today. They're probably going to send me home. And you're worried, and you're concerned, but it's through that deficiency that God is showing you that you need Him. Seniors, it's that deficiency when you get to the end and you wonder, is there going to be a place for me and and where am I going to go? Or now I have four places to go and I don't know which one. And it's in those moments that God shows himself strong on our behalf. It's the deficiency that drives us to our need for him. But then not only do we see a revealed deficiency, but we see a radical declaration. Verse 9, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul, you don't need your own strength. You don't need my strength to take this thing out of the way because what I'm going to do is better than that. God doesn't remove our weakness, but rather reveals his strength. God doesn't remove the weakness. He could. He has miraculous power. He, he could he could remove whatever problem you and I face today with a snap of his fingers, with the word of his lips. But God doesn't remove the weakness for Paul. Rather, God is going to reveal his strength. Moses stuttered. When God called Moses to lead the nation of Israel, three and a half million people, some say, Moses said, how can I do that? I, 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 I can't, can't even say. He stuttered. He said, I'm not eloquent. I I can't do that. A person that leads has to be able to speak. You know, we never find anywhere in Moses' life where God helped him to speak better. We, We never find any place where God removed the stuttering problem or the stammering problem. The speech impediment went all the way to wherever the grave was that God put Moses at the end of his life. Now, he gave him Aaron, he gave some others to speak for him. But as far as Moses' deficiency, it was still there. There's no record that it was ever removed. But you see, God, through that weakness, 
declared and revealed his strength, his hand upon the man Moses. In fact, by the time Moses died, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 34 and verse 10, God says, There arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Young people, stop focusing on your deficiency. Start focusing on his strength. You see, we can focus this semester on all the things that are not good or not right or, you know, what we consider to be negative or bad. We can look at ourselves and find plenty, plenty of deficiencies and problems and difficulties. But God says, get your eyes off of that. Get your eyes on me. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You see, through our weakness we can be made strong. And him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. You see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men, not many mighty, not many noble are called. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty and base things and things that are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things that are not to bring to naught the things that are. He wants this world to see his strength. So don't focus on your weakness. What a powerful declaration of God here. And as a result of that, we see a revived determination, number three. Once Paul understood that his weakness was God's way of strengthening him, of making him stronger, you know what Paul does? He pleads for more weakness. He asks God, hey, you got some more problems? Bring them on. Bring them on. You have some more infirmity, infirmities, some more persecutions, some more distresses? Lord, let me have it. I'll take it. I want it. Why? Because he learned that through those weaknesses, he was going to be strong. He was going to have more opportunity. He was going to be more used of God. And so once you realize this paradox is true, that it's through weakness that we become strong, we glory in those infirmities. We glory in those afflictions. We say, make it 120 tomorrow, Lord, I'll do it with your strength. Lord, start another, no, don't start another fire. <laughs> but you see what we're saying here? In other words, it doesn't matter what the next layer of persecution might be. It doesn't matter what the next layer of problem might be. It doesn't matter to us then what the next layer of affliction or distress might be because we've learned a powerful truth. That God, through this weakness, is going to make us strong. When the church in the book of Acts was persecuted, guess what happened? It grew. It multiplied. It turned into more churches. And oh, how we need to realize that when we're out of money, God's about to show His provision. When we're out of courage, God's about to bring an overwhelming peace. When we're out of, uh, of defending ourselves, God's going to show His way of protecting us. When we're out of strength, He's going to show His power. Look at one more verse and I'll close. Look at 2 Corinthians 13, just, just one chapter over, and verse 4, because this is a great summary to what we've just said. Though He was crucified through weakness, yet He liveth by the power of God, for we also are weak in Him, but we shall live with Him by the power of God toward you. Jesus Christ, the very God Himself on that cross, was weak. 
physically. I mean, they had scourged him. They had crowned him with thorns. The blood was flowing from his body. But in weakness, oh, he became our Savior. And the power of the gospel was manifested. And just like that, through those weak moments in our life, through those deficiencies that we see in our life, God is going to show his power over and over and over again. And isn't it wonderful when a world out there that thinks it's got it all together by their machinery and by their strength and by their knowledge and by their expertise and by their science and all the rest of it, but when they see some college students by faith saying, you know what, all I care about is serving God. All I care about is God's will. The world stands dumbfounded because it's you that has power. Because that power you have is God's power. And the world has to stand back when that power is unleashed. And I believe with all of my heart that God is developing strength on this campus through weakness. He's developing some spiritual muscle that one day, I hope very soon, the world is going to take a step back and go, whoa. Whoa. They aren't many. But they've got a power we know nothing about. It's the power of God. It's through weakness that we are made strong. Right now, what's your weakness? Would you give it to God? And let Him build that weakness into a strength? As we bow our heads and close our eyes, what's your weakness right now? What is it? For some of us that are older, it's different than you that are younger. But we have weakness too. Some of us face weaknesses we thought we'd never have. But as we get older, we encounter new weaknesses. But whatever stage in life we're at, that weakness is designed by God to make us strong, to make us more powerful in serving Him. And so think about that weakness right now, lack of money, lack of relationship, lack of academic understanding, no job, a burden about health, Whatever that weakness is, would you just sort of shift it over to God and say, God, would you take this weakness and through it build my strength? I'm not asking you to remove it. I'm not asking you to help me to have whatever it takes to, to, to conquer it. I'm asking you right now that through it, I'd build some spiritual muscle. 